Are you suffering from poor decision-making skills, lack of self-confidence and self-esteem? Do you have impeded development of social, emotional, and sexual skills? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Rachel, and you might be suffering from religious trauma. I left evangelicalism and started a podcast. I talk about my experience with purity culture, why I left, and the journey afterwards. I'm happy you're here. Come along for the ride. Cheers to leaving. Yep, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do, Donkey. <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> that'll oh, do it. All right. Hey, everyone. Um, I'm Rachel, and this is Cheers to Leaving. And I'm Molly. <laughs> Welcome to Cheers to Leaving. Uh, today, we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Christian Nightmares with us. Woo, woo. <laughs> thanks for having um, me on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for, thanks for being on. We, we love your page. We love thanks. it. Um, well, for, for those who maybe don't know you, which I can't imagine any deconstructed people don't know of your page, but, um, what is Christian nightmares? Yeah, sure. So Christian nightmares, um, started off as a blog, um, years ago, I just decided actually it was around the time that Tumblr had just kind of, (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, become available was around and um, I had always wanted to build a website and and kind of do something like this and I just didn't have the energy or time and money to do it and Tumblr came along and made it kind of easy to post stuff um, so I just started diving into um, I just started googling stuff from my past from my evangelical past that had that had freaked me out or kind of traumatized me frankly or mm-hmm. um, you know televangelists that that I had seen as a kid and um there was a guy named Sketch Erickson who used to come to our church and play records backwards for you know backmasking to reveal the, the hidden messages and yes I that was that. your church <laughs> <laughs> I think he hit he made the he made his rounds I think, think he that story is famous in oh, the evangelical yeah. he, community oh my goodness I know that story he came around a few times yeah yeah I remember when my parents got all freaked out about that too and they were just like I don't know he he scared he scared the shit out of some people like whatever he was doing worked (laughs) yeah he was at it for a while so Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah so I just started kind of looking into that stuff I started googling you know those old like rapture movies that we used to watch at church and Mm -hmm. and it just yeah yeah left behind and left um, behind we would have movie nights at church and watch left behind (laughs) movies that was a social event yeah it was a big social event yeah they would for me it was um a thief in the night a little older movie but Mm -hmm. um yep yeah i think it was new year's eve they used to um show that pretty often you'd like hang out and then you'd like watch a thief in the night and then they let you stay up, like have a sleepover, like a lock-in type of thing. And Yeah. Um, honestly, Christians kind of ruined like a holidays a little bit, like even like Halloween, like, which is supposed to be like a fun kids holiday. Yeah. It would like make us like worship and like pray and watch movies and, and stuff. And I was yeah. like, this isn't fun. <laughs> and trunk or treat, right? Uh-huh. And only <laughs> trunk or treat. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, how long, 
So it's, if you started when Tumblr kind of became a thing, how long has it been since you started this? I started it in 2009. Okay. That's, that's at the peak of my Christianity was in 2009. Oh, Oh yeah. 2009 was the year for me. Um, because, okay, so I was a missionary kid, so I lived overseas. In 2009, oh, wow. we came back to the U.S. for stateside, and I got to go to an American church and go to, like, an American youth group around other kids my age for, like, the first yeah. time ever. And so I was, like, so on fire for Jesus. We were, like, speaking in tongues and dancing and crying and, like, youth worship services. It was crazy. That was, like, yeah. the peak of it. Yeah, 2009 was a good year for me. <laughs> <laughs> or a bad year. <laughs> where, were, where were your parents missionaries? Oh, we were in Mexico. In Mexico? Yeah. For a long time or? Yeah, like my whole life. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, 2009, peak of Christianity. And that's when you started your deconstruction online. That was, yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> nice overlap there. Um, did anything but- specifically like make you want to start that page? Like did any significant event happen or are you just kind of looking for a way to sort of like help with your deconstructing of a cult you just realized you're in? Yeah. Um, I think I had wanted to talk about it for a long time and I had tried writing about it, you know, I, you know, but nobody saw that. And I, I wanted to, um, which was, you know, was, was good for me in some ways, but I don't, I wanted to find a way to, to really show what it was like. And when the technology kind of came along to make it easier to post stuff and I could share videos and just kind of um, dig up this stuff, it just seemed like the perfect fit. And um, people seemed to respond to it pretty pretty quickly. Um, and I, a community kind of started to build up around it fairly quickly. I think that, um, you know, just watching a clip from these like rapture movies or, you know, a flyer from like a Wana or something, or, you know, I don't know, if, you know, just, just all of, all of these things. I think people that had grown up in evangelicalism could relate to. And it just, uh, it really helped me. Um, it helped me see how absurd it all was. Like it helped me to look at this stuff through adult eyes. Um, and I think that you know, I, I don't know if it was healthy to do it this way, but just the repetition of it, of just looking at this stuff over and over and over again, um, just kind of helped me to see how absurd it was. And it, it it almost made me kind of wonder how I could ever take it so seriously in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were yeah. there other like bloggers? I mean, I'm sure there were, but were you like also in contact with like other bloggers who were doing the same thing back when you first started? Like, were you inspired by other bloggers who were doing this or was this just an original thing you started to do? I don't know if I was inspired. I don't know if I was aware of other people doing it, to be honest. Um, I think I just wanted, I just dove into Google. I just started Googling stuff one day and I just wanted to just start posting it and and looking at it and talking about it with other people. Um, I became aware of other bloggers as I started doing it. There's this guy, Matthew Paul Turner, who, um, is an author and he was a blogger back then that I kind of connected with and a guy named Zach Hunt, um, another blogger and he's written a book too. Um, so there were other people doing this stuff. Um, but really I was, I mean, really I was doing it for myself and it to work through, to work through my, my, my past. And, uh, 
and a bonus of that was that other people were kind of relating to it. And then, uh-huh. and then it kind of grew from there as like, I, I just started, people started reaching out to me and um, I started connecting more with people. And since then it's, there's been a, like a really nice community that's kind of grown around it. And that's kind of what, what keeps me, me doing it. I'm not blogging anymore. Um, I'm mostly just on Instagram and, and Twitter and uh, just sharing stuff. And um but yeah, I mean, I, I have so much fun just reading the comments on the posts, you know, and just the people that that are talking through this stuff. And I get nice messages every once in a while from people saying that, you know, they're deconstructing or, you know, um, just left evangelicalism or looking back on that. And that seemed to to um, I think it's seemed to appreciate this other community. And, and I, I I've always. Uh, for myself too, when I, when I connect with other people, it just, I think there's some comfort in knowing that, that other people think it's just as crazy as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That makes any sense. Absolutely. Do you get me like hate messages? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Do you get a lot of hate? I do get a lot of hate. Yeah. Um, it kind of comes and goes, but yeah, I get really nasty emails and I get th- some comments that are kind of crazy and, um, it's kind of stuff that you would expect, you know, mm-hmm. just, um, angry Christians. Know. What's that? <laughs> angry Christians. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the typical, I don't, I don't know if I want to use the typical, more typical, but it's that, that, you know, you won't be laughing someday kind of thing, you know, ah, the threat <laughs> of hell strikes again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Kind of mean spirited and, and, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, you'll see, you're going to, yeah, you're going to see someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, keep laughing. Funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you source um the content that you post now on um on the social media platforms that you're using? Are you still just like googling random things or how do you find a lot of your content? I I, I mean these days I'm getting a lot of submissions. Okay. Is kind of nice because I'm I'm just a lot busier now being a new father and <laughs> everything mm-hmm. else. And also I just, I think the people that, that follow Christian nightmares are just really seem to be really on top of it and really, they get it and, and know the kind of content that I, that works well. And I think that we're all on the same page. Oh, that's so cool. It's like a community. <laughs> yeah. It's really nice. Um, I used to just Google stuff like crazy, just come up with weird search terms <laughs> and just spend mm-hmm. hours seeing what I could dig up. But uh, yeah, now a lot of it's submitted. Do they just like email it to you? Like direct, like message me on Instagram. Okay. Or on Twitter. Some people email me stuff. You were like on top of it before it happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, No, that's, yeah, that's thanks to the people that send me stuff these days. I mean, I still do dive in there and, and search for stuff once in a while. Or if I see, you know, if there's a topic that's, you know, very uh, relevant, then I'll, I'll do my own, you know, some research and try to find stuff on my own. But yeah, it's a lot of the people that follow Christian Nightmares that that make Christian Nightmares what it is now. That's awesome. Yeah, what? Fun. Yeah. What was um, your Christian upbringing like? And like, why did you choose to leave? Like, what was the turning point for you where you're like, I'm done. I'm walking away. I was raised Baptist. Um, fundamentalist Baptist. It was, it was a really, um, you know, fire and brimstone kind of church. Um, 
Yeah, it was really strict. Um, my mother was very into the church and um, we, we went a lot. We went on, you know, it was Sunday school and then on Sundays and then the service after that. And then some kind of gathering after afterwards, coffee and whatever. It's an and all then, day thing with the Baptists. I tell you, it's not where yeah, no, I was Baptist, Baptist too? <laughs> yeah. all day it's, in church from yeah. seven in the morning until like four or 5 PM. And then you'd stay for the night service sometimes like, it's an yeah. all-day thing, yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, yeah, it was yeah. pretty much the same. Yeah, night service, and then Wednesdays was youth group. Um, Fridays were was some kind of uh, another kind of youth group event. So it was just out, it was just a lot of time in church. Um, mm-hmm. And That's how uh, they suck you in, make you stay there. You never want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to leave. <laughs> like here have some more coffee cake they're just like shoving it down yeah. your throat stay stay like, yeah like sugar coma you enjoy it <laughs> um yeah so i mean i just was raised that way i just um i just went to church constantly i was forced to go um i started pushing back um pretty early on actually i think i you know started questioning it probably when i was maybe 12 or 13 and um started pushing back as much as I could get away with, but my mom was, was pretty strict about it. Um, and then, you know, when I went off to college, I, I wasn't really going to church, but I'd have to go to church whenever I came home, uh, just to avoid a fight. Um, and then it just, um, I may have talked about this before somewhere, but I just, um, it was one Easter Sunday. I went at the service, you know, big Easter Sunday service, and they did an altar call. Um, and there were a bunch of, there were a bunch of little kids that were kind of like weeping and crying and like went forward. And I just, it just seemed really messed up to me that they were in this service to begin with and that they felt so, I don't know, guilted and shamed, you know, because a lot of the services in my church were. You know, if you were to leave here and get hit by a car, where would you spend eternity? You know. Oh, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that was the one that just made me, you know, I saw these little kids. It reminded me of being a kid growing up in that. And I was, it just really hit something in me. And I just said, I mm-hmm. never, you know, I just, I'm not going to be a part of this in any way anymore. Um, so that was the last time I went to church. Um, it was when a big was fight that? with my parents. What's that? When was when that? Were, it was, it was a while ago now. I, I can't even think of the exact, um, how old were you? Maybe 15 about? years, maybe 15 years ago. Okay. Maybe a little longer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait a minute. 2000, maybe more, maybe closer to like 17 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it is. I mean, it is very disturbing to see young children weeping, feeling so convicted and shamed and guilted into into the Lord's prayer, you know, the, the call to salvation and all of that. Yeah. Like, it's just very disturbing to see when they're so young. Um, like that, they did a documentary called Jesus camp and all of oh, the yeah. kids that are featured are like little kids. And um, I mean, I participated in camps where it would get really emotional and we would were like the camp counselors for the little kids and little kids would be weeping. And, and we would say things like, Oh, they just, God is so good. He is just washing over this group of children. This is so wonderful. And it's like, no, like these are small children being emotionally manipulated. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They'd call it the I spirit hate, moving. Yeah. I hate those like photos or videos of like the kids worshiping like with their hands like, up, but they're like two. And then yeah. they're like super serious and like crying. And I'm just like, if I was their parent, I would be like concerned. But yeah, like your sure. parents are like, no, we love it. Like little Gracie loves Jesus. And it's like, no, she doesn't. Gracie doesn't know what the heck she's doing. She's just following you. Yeah. She's doing what you're behavior. doing. Yeah. And she's repeating what you're saying. Yeah. Thank Jesus you. is not, Jesus isn't there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Telling her what to feel. Yeah. I'm not yeah. a huge fan of that either. Well, nasty yeah it's awful it's awful to see and as we all know then you know years later that stuff kind of resurfaces Mm -hmm. um once you uh i don't know at least for for me too i think for for me like when that was my world i didn't have much of a point of reference you know and then then you go off you get into high school and then you get into college and then you realize oh wow the world's a lot bigger and then Mm -hmm. and then you realize oh wow that was really fucked up (laughs) well you're so isolated and that's really your only like social outlet um outside i don't know did you go to school or were you homeschooled no i did go to school okay so you you got to go to public school i was homeschooled oh wow (laughs) so you're like in it i mean for me it was 24 7 um yeah you realize the world is a much bigger place when you come out you're like holy cow there's like people think differently than me and they're not bad people how is that possible (laughs) Right. When, when, when you're in it too, like the rest of the, there's like, uh, you're in the world, but not of the world. Remember mm-hmm. that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, oh, yeah. there's, there's <laughs> like Christians and then there's the world as if everything else is external and every, you know, as if yeah it exists completely separate from, from the world of, of Christians. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we're on two different grids. It's really, and it's really interesting to me too, in, in the sense of like in the world, but not of the world is such a manipulative, like, I don't know. It puts you like above everybody else. Yeah. And like this almost like, like, like it creates this really enlarged ego <laughs> because yeah. you're a Christian and because you're a follower of God, you're going to heaven and you're a good person and you have this inflated ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think you're better than everybody else. And it's like, no wonder that Christianity and white supremacy really go together quite well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, no, that, that brand point. works really well, you know, because it's like they both attract people with inflated egos. Yeah, no, I, I can see that for sure. What made you end up do my, can I ask you guys some questions? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> what made you, what made you leave? Oh, Rachel, you want to start? Um, yeah. Um, mine wasn't a, a moment kind of like yours. Mine was sort of like a, a passive, slow burn, I guess, because I like basically just went dormant, I guess, with my Christianity for like mm-hmm. years to where it's like, I wasn't like, no, I don't believe in God or anything like that. But then I like absolutely wasn't going to church. Like I wasn't doing anything Christian but I was, I was like, no, I mean, I, I still believe in God. I just like, I'm just doing it differently, you know? Yeah. And then eventually, um, probably not that long ago, actually, probably like two years ago, three years ago, maybe I started like diving into that and educating mm-hmm. myself and doing lots of critical thinking, which you don't do as a Christian. And just <laughs> realizing that a lot of this stuff didn't make sense that I had been 
like heavily undereducated, um, you know, because I was homeschooled as well. And I was only taught like creationism and things like that. And so when you start taking college classes, you realize <laughs> that you should know things that you don't know. Um, so, and just also like exploring how many other ideas there are out there of how the world began and what other people believe and just really just taking in all of this information and being open to it. And then asking myself, honestly, I don't think I believe this anymore. Um, but you know, being afraid because all my friends were Christian and all of, you know, the groups that I was in. So then that's kind of just scary to leave as well because you don't know anything different. And then, and that whole community. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that whole community. And then you're left with more than just the unknown. You're left with, you know, you're, you're not having any of those connections anymore. You don't have these mm-hmm. friends or you have people guilting you or people, you know, telling you that, you know, I, I used to tell my mom that I was just like exploring other ideas and she like liked that because it meant that I hadn't like officially, you know, made a decision to like leave, but there was still a chance. She, yeah. She was like, oh, well, that's okay. But as long as, you know, you really read the Bible and like listen to the, you know, God's word and all this stuff. And I was like, no, nah, uh, that's, that's not the kind of exploring I'm doing. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess I felt really angry about a lot of stuff mostly. And I had a lot to say about it and I didn't really know where to say it. So kind of like you, I sort of started this podcast. Um, and that was my version of like deconstructing and working through it. And it's nice because then you have other people on that you can talk about it with, or you can just speak into the void and people can listen or they cannot listen. So that's like a snippet of my journey. Yeah. But no, but it feels good just to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just like mulling it over in your head, you know, you're right. just kind of like, I need to get this out and I don't know where to say it. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's the ultimate brain dump. The ultimate processing yeah. tool is having a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I love it because you don't, you don't have to necessarily interact with your listeners. Like you don't have to, that's by choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can right. have, right. have a successful monologue. You can literally have a monologue podcast. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I I kind of left similarly to Rachel. It was just like a slow drift. I Mm -hmm. think it had, um, you know, there was some not so healthy things that were happening in my family at um, kind of the time I started to drift away. I was starting to notice a lot of hypocrisy in my parents' parenting Mm -hmm. and um, wasn't loving that. And I also kind of felt like because they were in ministry my whole life that they always put other people before their own children because their own children were always good. Like they, we were going to be fine. We were going right. to be good, but um, I wasn't fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I wasn't good. And um, it was, Oh, well you need to be grateful for this wonderful life that we gave you that you got to live in another country and you were homeschooled and like, you got this great education. I mean, same situation as Rachel. I was severely undereducated and, and found that mm-hmm. out in college. Yeah. Um but I would say like my drift kind of started at the age of 16. Um, if I'm going to be completely honest, I read this book. I had to read this book for our school curriculum. We had sunlight. It was a Christian curriculum for school and it was called know what you believe. And then it had a companion book that was know why you believe what you believe. And it was just straight up brainwashing of trying to back up all the, all the things that Baptists believe in all of the theology and they were just backing it up with the Bible. 
And it's like, I was like, okay, so this is the only resource you have. Like, we don't even know if the Bible's true or not, but it's being taught like it's historical. Yes, it is, Molly. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, historical <laughs> events. Ha- historical events happened in the Bible. They're documented in the Bible, but it doesn't mean the whole thing's 100% historical. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was just getting like really annoyed with it. And I started like questioning my dad's theology and we were getting into tons of fights. It was a whole thing. Um, yeah. This carried on until I was about 19. And then I would say um, around that time, uh, my parents were like well you're not a christian because of a b and c you can't say you're a christian and i was like well you know what i don't really want to say i'm a christian anyway (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh that was that was about that um i went back to church a couple times i tried you know a few different kinds of communities of faith and they were just like i don't i couldn't get into it it didn't feel good to me to be there i just i didn't like Mm -hmm. it and then you know i came out of the closet and then that was like a whole thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. it was like you can't you can't be queer and um be a christian or be in christian spaces safely all the time so yeah unfortunately that's yeah usually the case yeah yeah so that's that's kind of my and then rachel asked me to kind of come on the podcast and talk about this stuff and i was like um shit i've never unpacked this like i just kind of left yeah like like i noticed the things i addressed the things when i was a teenager but as far as like after that decision when i left like i just left it in the past i didn't do any unpacking so now is the unpacking so i feel like mm-hmm. this is therapy for me yeah. <laughs> and just coming in being like oh yeah that thing that happened was really fucked up um <laughs> that happened to you too okay <laughs> we're yeah. all in this together <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my story <laughs> Do you feel like there was anything positive from your Christian experience at all whatsoever? Or do you think it was all negative? I think for me, um, I liked the music to a certain degree. Um, I liked singing in church. I liked, I think that gave me an interest in music that maybe I wouldn't have had to some mm-hmm. degree. Um, I was always okay with the teachings of Jesus for the most part you know, um, what he stood for. Um, yeah, I think that those, you know, you know, having compassion and, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And I mean, there were some, there was some good stuff there, that stuff I could relate to. Um, it was just all the, the guilt and shame and, and manipulation that, and frankly, you know, at the church I went to, it was like, it seemed like 10% Jesus and then 90% (laughs) the other stuff um yeah like old testament stuff yeah so or just um, the made-up things yeah (laughs) all the made-up things that are applicable to see like how they're freaking doing you know like i've seen so many videos of these like huge popular pastors in the south talking about how you need to vote for trump and all this craziness and i was like why why is your whole sermon just a political agenda sir yeah no that that happened a lot in our church it was just uh they weren't super explicit at the time when I was going to church, but it was, you kind of knew where they stood. It was, you know, this candidate is for gay marriage, you know, you knew yeah. the subtext, you know, or abortion this was for abortion. You know, it, it always came down to a couple of few issues. So, um, but yeah, and it has a huge influence and that's going on all over the country. And mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw where that, that's, I just it. find it funny that Christians always go for Republicans versus like Democrats simply because of the the pillars of like gay marriage or 
um, abortion when Democrats mm. are actually more so the ones that like to feed the poor and, you know, house yeah. the homeless and like have more policies generally regarding people versus Republicans. Not that there's one, not that a re Republican can't believe that either, but I just always think right. it's funny because it's so hypocritical to like- uh, The Republicans are good for business, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know, but it's just like funny. It's like one more hypocritical thing because it's like, okay, but this is what Jesus is saying. This is what Jesus wants. And you guys are just always like choosing the opposite. Yeah, no, there's, there's a real disconnect there. It's, mm -hmm. it's been like that as long as I've been, you know, was involved in the church. It's always been down the line, pretty much down the line Republican. And, yeah, uh, like Republicans are good and Democrats are evil. And We turned into Democrats yeah. after Bush's first <laughs> round. Yeah, your parents are an anomaly, though. Oh, really? Yeah, no. yeah. And they still managed <laughs> to, like, hang around the Southern Baptists for, like, another 10 years. I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> that is super unusual. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, do you feel like that you took anything like, is there anything positive from, from your Christian upbringing that you like took with you, you still have that you use or like, I don't know, any kind of like philosophy or <laughs> that, that you've, you know, just kind of carried along with you, kind of shaped you into who you are. One positive thing. Well, it definitely shaped me. Um, <laughs> we're not going to say it's know. positive, maybe just the <laughs> tremendous amount of trauma that I carry. <laughs> yes, my trauma gave me personality without it. Oh, it really did, <laughs> though. I be it who I am. Uh, so thanks, religious trauma. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think it's, I'm blanking on any positives, but. I got rad I mean, leadership skills from it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I did too. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's hard it, to know. We were like student leaders and yeah. we were like teaching and um, we were doing like the church camp where we were like camp counselors for little kids. Like you get really good like skills like that. If you're actually like a, a good student and a good kid, like how I was, like I had good intentions. So I feel like it gave me really good leadership skills and mm -hmm. good, you know, able to take in philosophical information and figure out a way to apply it to your life. Mm. That is also a skill. And it, um, however, true philosophy requires inner inquiry. Christianity doesn't require too much inner inquiry. It's more like, I need to go do this thing so I can get this result philosophies are more like how do I feel about this how does this action you know um affect the people around me I don't really see that like I mean Christianity does that to an extent but like the inner the inner accountability and like the inner intuition that you know even now like modern day philosophy is really encouraging like Christianity doesn't give you that but it, I think it does give you that skill to like digest that information and like think about it and meditate on it you know because we basically did that with the bible like mm -hmm. how much yeah, of the bible true. is stored in my long-term memory like i really want to know <laughs> memorization skills i thought of yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah we had to memorize a, a lot of verses so so many verses so many verses so I, I brag all the time. I'm like, I could probably 
preach a sermon. I could probably still do it. I could just out there, you know, like mm-hmm. the like the indoctrination is still so deep inside me. Like I'm deconstructed. I haven't been, you know, in the church in like almost a decade, but it's still so ingrained because it was mm-hmm. my whole life, you know, like everything we did was had this like center of like God and Jesus and um the Southern Baptist rules. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super fascinating. You were talking um, about memorization skills. I actually had to, I had, I got in trouble once I egged my school bus and, uh, <laughs> good I for you. To, I was, I was <laughs> Little rebel. It was, yeah, it could have been bad. It almost, it kind of went across the windshield and the driver almost went into a telephone pole and it was, oh, shit. It was oh, that's but bad. I had to memorize. I, I was grounded until I memorized John 14. So, the whole chapter the whole chapter yeah man i think yeah. i think um i might have you beat well i don't have you beat my like one of my siblings might have you beat my dad was like who with punishment yeah. he was you know iron fist we would talk back to him and he'd get pissed off and one time my brother ended up having to copy the entire book of james like the entire book yeah. um in english and in spanish and he had to memorize large sections of it in English and in oh Spanish. He might have memorized the entire book of James. I'm not sure, but it was in both languages. And we were like in That's language crazy. school. So Spanish was, he wasn't good at Spanish yet. Like he was yeah. just learning Spanish and he had to do this. Yeah, it was wild. I bet he was after that. <laughs> oh, and he was so proud of it. Afterwards, he was like bragging to like, all of my parents' friends, like, oh, I memorized this huge book of the Bible. Look, I wrote it all in Spanish and in English. Like, it was like bragging points. <laughs> it took me three years, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't leave the house for three years, but I did it. There was probably some yeah. ultimatum connected to it. Like, you can't go to soccer until you do this. So he probably just like busted it out. Like, you know, yeah. you know how yeah. us homeschoolers do. We're real motivated kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. What is the, okay. I just have a random question for both of you, I guess, but what is speaking of punishments, what was like the most Christian bizarre punishment you ever received from your parents growing up? Just curious. I definitely have one, right? I mean, this one's easy. (laughs) He's like, I got it. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to nail this. Um, (laughs) It was a good Friday and, um, I don't know what it was like for you guys on Good Friday, but um, for my brother and I, we used to, you know, you had it off from school and it sucked because all the kids in the neighborhood were outside playing and like riding their bikes and we could like look out the window and see them. You, know, you weren't allowed to go out because it's Good Friday. On Good Friday, we couldn't go out and we had to like spend the day um, like reading the Bible and praying. And what, it to be very just, somber, very serious. Somber. Yeah. Like, how could Jesus you was crucified today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I'm a child. <laughs> right, exactly. Because I'm not. Because um, I don't care. I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, this, so that was common. Like every Good Friday, we had to do that. One Good Friday, my mother took asked, asked us to come out of our bedrooms where we had been praying and, re- and reading the Bible and said, we're going to try something different this year. I want you to have a sense of how much Christ really suffered for you on that cross. And she pulled out a jar of horseradish and she got a big uh, tablespoon 
and she like dug it in and she made each of us eat a huge tablespoon of horseradish, like a heaping tablespoon of horseradish. No. <laughs> that was awful. And that's like my- so- did you do anything bad to deserve it or you were just she was just no, like i it, want to show you what jesus was suffering yeah through. yeah no it was just to random to let us you know to, just to drive the point home of you know this is what jesus you know jesus you think this is bad think about what jesus did on the cross so sadistic so that was pretty fucked up yeah That's really my brother started yeah. puking like i think i ended up in the bathroom hugging well, the toilet it was yeah, yeah. horseradish coming out of your mouth and nose after going down doesn't sound fun it was awful yeah no horseradish i can only handle in tiny quantities and mixed with other stuff i it's not yeah. meant to be it's like wasabi right kind of close yeah yeah, yeah. pretty close to wasabi i think wasabi's hotter but mm-hmm. like yeah. no especially kids I feel like their palate is not as yeah. sophisticated as adults. Like I, I feel like for children, that would just make them throw up. It, it was pretty gross. Yeah. That's awful. Well, mine is a little bit more, I mean, it's traumatic too. Like this is just, let's talk about trauma for a second. Um, <laughs> most fucked up Christian punishment. So my parents were really into Michael and Debbie Pearl. Um, they were basically cult leaders. Who are Michael so- and Debbie Pearl again? They were writers. Uh, they were like cult leaders of the super fundamentalist like group of people who lived out in the middle of but fuck nowhere. Spanking advocates. Yes, huge on spanking, and they had okay. videos. They had child they were, like, the leaders in that movement. Yeah, they bit. had child rearing. They were child rearing leaders. So they wrote all of the literature for Christian families to follow on how to raise your child, and they have a book called "To Train Up a Child." And Haven't their kids like come out now with like horror stories from their childhood I don't know. as well i, I have no idea have. i have no yeah. idea anyway um so they had these books and um the basically the whole concept was to break the child's will mm-hmm. into submission and so you would spank them until they broke into submission but you would use very calculated unemotional hits so that you weren't sinning in sin when you would spank your child. I'm sorry. If you're administering a certain number of corporal hits to a child with like a tool or even your hand, that's abuse. <laughs> even if you're emotional or non-emotional, that is some fucked up shit. So it's one thing to just get over there, you know, like flicking your yeah. kid's hand or whatever. It's another thing to like go upstairs into this room Hold on your pants. I'm going to take out this. You have to wait. I'm going to take out this wooden spoon and Mm -hmm. I'm going to spank you. And you are, you know, until you break, until you can no longer hold it together. And I remember, I remember times when it was like, I would completely go like disassociated. And, Mm -hmm. um, that was intense, you know, or just like my, like my parent would like make me count and I couldn't cry between counts. And if I cried between counts, I got more. And it was like this prolonged thing. Like I remember being there for hours, sometimes being hit for hours, like really long. Yeah. They would, I mean, they would take breaks and then come back and continue. And it would be like, yeah, a long, long periods of time. And like, this was like the majority of my childhood. I was kind of a rebellious child. Like my will would not be broken. And they, it was yeah. this whole concept. You have to break the child's will. You have to break them into submission. And um, 
I mean, they have videos that were going around, like child rearing videos, where he had a puppet and he was spanked a puppet like this. <laughs> just a little demo. Yeah, uh, yeah, on stage in front of I'm thousands surprised he of didn't people. just use one of his own childs. So, <laughs> like literally, they were holding conferences on how to abuse your children. Yeah. But because I'm it's a that. tool that's used for punishment and nothing else, it's not abuse because it's calculated and it's not emotional. It's not abuse. You're not in sin if you do it this way, you know? Yes. But that, yeah, like, that was such a weird excuse that they came up with. Don't oh, be emotional yeah. and all this stuff. Cause I'm like, that's even creepier. Why are you not emotional? About oh, he would hold the child? puppet and he'd be like, <laughs> he hit it and he goes in the, the child cries. Wah, 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 wah. And you say, stop crying. And the baby can't stop crying. You hit it again. Wah, wah, wah. Stop crying. The baby doesn't stop crying. You hit it again. Like these were his demos. And like, I went yeah. through that. My siblings went through that. My Ooh. parents taught my older siblings to do that to us. I just can't believe any of this was legal to like. It's not legal, dude. I (laughs) don't know how they hold these conferences. Someone they're Christian. They're religious. There's no. Nobody's looking out for. They're untouchable, man. Untouchable and untaxable. They're good white Christian (laughs) folk who live in the country. Like they're they mind their business. You know they pay their taxes. Oh did yeah. They reco- did they recommend this for babies? Did you say? Yeah. Like- yeah. The, oh, the demo was like, yeah, young children. You start spanking your children from like, like a one, very young age. Yeah, like one year old. One. Yeah. I mean, and they had like ch- books where they like teach you how to tr- potty train your baby like as soon as it's born. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> good luck like, with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, just like, gets it wrong. <laughs> well, in the wild thing is, their kids also wrote books on relationships and on child rearing and on marriage like their daughters all were like came out and wrote all of these other books too so it's like they they were just as heavily brainwashed like everyone was in it was a it was a whole community that they all like lived on this compound it it's wild to me um i don't know if they're still doing the damn thing but yeah no that should train up a child was a movement it was heavily abusive. It was the actual formula on how to punish your children in a way that honors God and is not sinning. And I experienced that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's yeah, it was awful. a lot. It was <laughs> intense. Also- Sorry to bring it's up also- trauma, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's also crazy this idea of like wanting to break a child's will. Like that yeah. alone is, is such a. I feel like that concept. just sentence itself sounds so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. why we would you we are gonna kill yeah. your spirit <laughs> yeah 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 it's... and some of i feel like some kids did have their spirit broken like i don't yeah. i'm sure they needed lots of therapy once they got older i mean if you happen to be strong-willed i mean yeah we all still do but like for me too i was also that one was like yeah. you're not gonna break me Right. You can never right. break me. I was girl interrupted. Was yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, so was I. And I was like, with my cigarette in the bathroom, you can't break me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. Breaking a oh. child's will. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it weird too, the whole crying thing? Yeah, like, don't crying. cry after I hurt you. Mm-hmm. Crying shows um, resist. It shows resistance to the. Uh, you're not yes. submitting to the punishment. You're not yeah, accepting that's what it that was. you. That's it's what an it was. it's an acceptance of knowing that you deserve it. 
So they would say, so we would have an opportunity to that my mom or my dad would be like, did you do this thing? No, I didn't do it. Like there, I was punished so many times for things I didn't do. I was like, no, I didn't do it. I promise I didn't do it. And they're like, well, you're well, lying. Big families, they would just group yeah. you up and yeah. thank y'all. Or they would, yeah, they'd pick one that would get the punishment. The one they thought was lying. And, um, you know, it was, it created this sense of, I always have to defend myself. I always have to, um, I am terrible with conflict. Um, I always tell the truth. I'll never lie. I never lie because lying was dangerous. Lying Mm -hmm. meant some intense shit, you know? So it's like, um, yeah, like there's a lot of shit that like still follows me from that, you know? Also like it teaches violence. And so Mm -hmm. me and my sisters were insanely violent with each other. Like the cat fights we would have were really intense and we would just pummel each other. And like, there were moments where it would all go black and I would be in a trance. And the only thing is just like, I am just wailing on my sibling. Like no child naturally does that. That is a learned behavior. Yeah. 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 And when you're repressing that stuff, you're trying not to cry. It's got to come out somewhere. somewhere. Oh, right. yeah. Well, and I also think it grooms you too to not know the difference between abusive relationships either. Because one of my first serious relationships was with someone who was emotionally, mentally abusive and then turned physical abuse. And like everyone was like, I don't understand like why you're staying with this person. But I think it was how I was raised. Like when you, when people that love you a lot, you know, or the most, you know, are taking out their anger on you or their frustration because you sinned or disobeyed or whatever, how are you supposed to, how is your brain supposed to naturally know that that's not okay when you Mm -hmm. get in a relationship with someone else who says they love you as well, you know? So I think it almost grooms you in a way too for more abusive future relationships. Yeah. And, and just like yeah. to keep your mouth shut if you are in that kind of situation, because in the church, I mean, it's super like women are taught not to talk badly about their husbands amongst each other, not to, um, you know, to always obey their husbands above all, because their husbands are obeying God. And you're taught that your body is not your own. You don't have a choice. You're your husband's like tool, <laughs> his handmaid <laughs> to bear all his children and have a quiverful, um, and then to raise to raise those children to go into ministry or be good mothers and wives. And, um, it's just really, it's really interesting. I I think the interesting thing for me too, is having teaching the older kids how to administer punishment onto the younger kids. I think that's really fucked Mm -hmm. up. I don't think any child should be taught to like hit their younger sibling. Like there was, and I mean, like, I don't think a 14 year old boy, has enough emotional control to understand what the heck he's doing. Like he's going to hurt his sibling, you know, like he's been given the permission to use corporal punishment. Like mm-hmm. what is a teenage boy going to do to a six-year-old little girl? Like yeah, when, he, cool. when he's angry at his little sister, because she did, she messed up his schoolwork while he was babysitting her or something like, like that's the thing. It's like, and it wasn't his fault. Like it's not his fault. It wasn't our fault. Like, Mm-mm we were told to do these things. We had no choice. This is what the experience was. It's just, it's wild. Like when I think about how Christians choose to parent and how they punish or administer punishment 
to their to their children. It's just very very intense. Mm-hmm. Were you, you were you spanked? Was I? Mm-hmm. I was. Or were yeah. you just given horseradish? I'm just kidding. Yeah, just horseradish. Yeah. Just horseradish. No that was the standard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was. My father didn't spank my father didn't spank us. My mother did, but it was similar. Interesting. I, I don't know if she was um fo- following any I think the church taught like, what was like spare the rod, you spoil the child. The child. Yeah. <laughs> Proverbs. God, they love to quote that one. So that oh, gave yeah. her the okay, I think, you know. Yeah. So Right. But yeah, it was a spoon too. It was like mm-hmm. a, a yeah. wooden spoon. But yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah, we had a, a, there was a wooden spoon that was broken on me. Like they mm-hmm. spanked me so much, the wooden spoon snapped in half on my leg. Um, yeah. And then they switched to a rubber plumbing tool that would whoosh through the air and leave welts. That seems like it would hurt so like a lot more. Yeah, it hurt yeah. a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty bad. <sighs> yeah. Well, 40, it's like the 40 lashes that Jesus took. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive you of your sins, guys. <laughs> Thanks, I took, Molly. I took the really 40 good. lashes. <laughs> are, did your siblings leave too? Are, are, are yeah. your parents still involved? Did everybody leave? Did, Not uh, all of them. You close I mean, to your family? Yeah. Uh, we've all, we're all on like separate, separate journeys, I think. Yeah. Um, my parents have done a lot of healing work and reconciliation work with us. They are very different people than they were when we were younger. And so, yeah. Lots of family therapy, lots of individual therapy, lots of group therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are coming to the other side. I have a very good relationship with my parents. I would like it could be better, um, but you know it's tough. And uh, are they still involved uh, in the church? Somewhat. They're not as involved as they were before. Um, it's not like their entire life anymore. Yeah, they work for a nonprofit now instead of a mission board, so they switched. To, it, it is technically still like a, a nonprofit that's still like associated with religious organizations. Yeah. Um, so it attracts people who are in religion to work for the nonprofit, but it isn't a religious hmm. organization itself um, the way like the Southern Baptist Mission Board is. Um, the rest of my siblings are all just on their own deconstruction journeys in different ways. Some of them converted to Catholicism and are still deconstructing. Some of them um, are atheists or like agnostic and like completely left. Um, Some of them still like, don't really know where they stand. It's kind of straddling the line. So Mm -hmm. we're big families. It's like a lot of us and we all have our own, our own paths that we have to kind of go on. Yeah. Yeah. Is your brother still in the, in the church? Yeah, my brother's my brother's still very involved, um, and he's raising his my nieces, his daughters, my nieces the same way. Um, it, it's a little, it's not quite as harsh of a, um, it's it's a little bit more of a moderate kind of uh, a church than than what we were raised in, mm-hmm. but it's still you know you've got to be born again, you've got to accept Jesus into your heart. You know, there's a heaven and a hell and and all of that. So, um, yeah, my brother still, my brother still is pretty involved. And, uh, yeah, it's, I love my brother and we're, um, we're just not as close as I wish we were because of that. I think it just, yeah. It, yeah. there's just a million things we can't talk about. You know? Yeah. And he probably wants to talk about God a lot and that's probably hard. That is, yeah, that's, yeah. And, or there's always this, 
feeling like it's it's not um you know i don't know you guys have, i'm sure you've dealt with well it's just like he'll ask a question but i know that he's what he's getting at you know it's kind of like he's trying to figure out how my walk with the lord is or if i if oh I'm yeah <laughs> You know, or, you know. I have an uncle that does that. He corners all of his older like nieces and nephews. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, how's your walk with the Lord? What have you been <laughs> reading in the Bible lately? And I'm like, yeah, or, I or haven't. <laughs> exactly. Or he's trying to see if I'm thinking about getting back. Like it just feels, which just yeah. makes me feel like it's, it's not an, a sincere interaction that we're having. Sometimes. It's always like a conversion mm-hmm. interaction. Like they're yeah. always trying to like slide in. How can I like win you back? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's then I kind of resent tough. that and then it just, yeah. you know, so it, that's it's, a little complicated. I see Christianity like an MLM. It's a pyramid scheme. It's an, it's yeah. a, it's multi-level marketing and network yeah. marketing. Like you're literally every interaction you have is to evangelize or to talk mm-hmm. about God. Like your only friends are the ones that are in the MLM with you because yeah. everybody else has rejected you because you're awful and <laughs> you're any non MLM person that you encounter, you always have to talk to them about the MLM and get mm-hmm. the, try to get them to sign up because you're not going to get paid unless you sign people up and get them to buy your cheap, terrible product that is way too expensive. I feel like that's Christianity. Like that is evan- evangelical Christianity. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it too, like mega churches, you know, they, you know, recruit people and Their then business. they recruit people and it's a whole business because the more people you have coming in, the more money you're going to get, you know, Christianity yeah. is a pyramid. It's a pyramid scheme. Like mm-hmm. it is a pyramid scheme. There's also this pressure. I think, you know, growing up in that where it's, you know, I just remember the stories of like, you're going to stand before God someday and you're going to be held accountable. And if you didn't witness to this person, you're going to see them burning in hell. How are you going to feel? You know? So right. That's psychological right. trauma, man. It's so not cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I honestly think like from my, in the case of my brother, I think he, to be fair, I think he really believes. He's worried me. about you. Yeah. He's worried about me. So it's hard, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I wish things were a little easier with him and I resent where he's coming, you know, the approach he takes sometimes, I also feel kind of bad. And I, yeah. He's worried about your salvation, man. That's like a yeah. lot of anxiety for him. Yeah, your soul's yeah. not going to yeah. be saved. Yeah. yeah You're going to burn he's... in the fiery pits of hell. <laughs> right. And it might be his fault because he didn't try hard. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine yeah. uh, being in his shoes? How hard? That's, yeah. Mm. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to yeah. live like that. Yeah. Actually, you know, that's like a really beautiful compassion exercise. I think everybody should take a second to do is when you think about the people that like, you know, really bother you or, you know, you have an interaction with somebody that really bothers you, or even when your child trying to understand how your parents who love you so dearly, severely traumatized you as a child, this is a really beautiful practice is you picture your parent or your sibling or whoever it is that hurt you or is causing you some sort of pain. And you put themselves, you put them like back to like where they were when they were little kids and Mm -hmm. you're going to give them You're going to picture them with all of the love and the care and the attention and the things that they needed, the support they needed. And you're going to wrap them in that. And you're going to put them in that kind of environment. And it is just this grounding moment of compassion where you realize, oh, holy shit, we are all fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like my parents were literally just regurgitating what they went through as kids and what they were 
like they were trying to do something different. They were trying to break a generational curse by joining Christianity. Yeah. You know, but there were still so many traumas because, you know, maybe my dad didn't have a great relationship with his father and he was abused, you know, he mm-hmm. was emotionally abused and manipulated. He was physically abused. You know, he was, you know, really like raised by immigrant family. Like, you know, there's a lot of pain. There's a yeah. lot of survival, a lot of unchecked emotions, unregulated nervous systems happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, if you can, if you can picture your family member or the person who inflicted that amount of, you know, pain on you and you put them in that and you realize they didn't know better. They were doing the best they could. Yeah. I now know that what's how to relate to this. So I can separate the action from the person in a way. Mm-hmm. That's how I can maintain a relationship with my parents. Yeah. Is understanding that they were doing the best they could with what they had. And they were thinking that they were breaking the the trauma, the trauma line, you know. with, with Christianity. So it's a really beautiful grounding technique. I think everybody should do that. And it also kind of takes away the pressure of feeling like you have to forgive somebody for something they Mm -hmm. did, because like, I don't forgive my parents for that bullshit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was really fucked up, but I love them. And I understand that they were broken people and that they don't, they didn't know what they were doing. And I can recognize that. That doesn't mean that like, I'm okay with it, you know? Like yeah. if we go, if we're going to bring it up, I'm going to get heated. Like, it's, you know, but I'm not like angry or like unforgiving. Like, I think people get really confused with like forgiveness and release. And they think that forgiveness and release go hand in hand and they can, but they can also be, you know, separate. And mm-hmm. um, this is a really great way to, to create release and separation without that weird, shameful guilt into, I have to forgive this person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christianity really teaches a lot of guilt around forgiveness that if you don't forgive, you know, you're a bad person, you'll never have that. You'll never be free. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've tried to like my mother, for instance, I've tried to forgive her and I think I have in some ways, but I I certainly empathize with her. I mean, her story briefly was, you know, her father was an abusive alcoholic and who left my, you know, her mother, my grandmother, with three kids, my mother was 12 and they, they were poor, father left, abusive alcoholic. Um, my grandmother became really kind of, she, she just had a really tough time and was not the most loving person. So that's where my mother was coming from. And then she, you know, she, she came, she found the church at a time in her life where she was very, you know, it was this all encompassing, like they embraced her and they were like, you are loved. You were, you know, they welcomed her You and, and it felt great to her. And I get that, you know, I mean, there were, you know, there are strings attached after you, after that initial intro, you know, introduction to the church. And then there's, you know, well, you've got to be born again and you've got to be doing this. And there's all these kind of rules, but um, I get what attracted her to that at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, she took it a little too far. Um, and it affected our family and affected my brother and I, but, um, but yeah, I try, I try to, to be empathetic about, about her experience and, and, and just in general, um, how the church can kind of fill a void for, for some people that 
feels um, not, I'm not sure if I'm explaining this best way that I can, but I'm following you. It it fills, (laughs) it fills that void of community of connection of feeling seen and witnessed and in in your pain and in your human suffering, knowing things because it's scary to not, you know, yeah, know, you all reality. believe mm-hmm. you're it's a bunch of like-minded people because you all believe the same thing. It's a very mm-hmm. loving outward expression. Um, you know, you walk into any Baptist church, you're gonna get hugs and handshakes right. from all sorts of random people. You know, they it made some great. good they made food, yeah. you know, for after yeah. service. Like everyone's taking good care of you. Like you feel like for the first time you belong right. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a very wonderful, warm feeling. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super attractive. Um, yeah. I don't think that's the negative part of it. I think that the negative right. part is in the dogma and in, in the, the indoctrination and in the parenting. And in the, yeah. You right. know, the, the, no, the traumatizing exactly. stories and pictures and images and videos you show young children. And, right. And the horse yeah. And the altar and calls. The horse yeah. <laughs> Do you, um, well, I have a quick question too. This is like totally off topic. Is that you in the, in in your profile photo with the mask on and you have long hair? No, that is a wig. Okay. (laughs) I figure, as you can see, I figure if I'm going (laughs) to have an alter ego, I might as well make, you know, the alter ego. Make him have hair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Got it. Cool. I was just wondering. And do you just keep it anonymous, anonymous because you have family and friends that you do not want to know about it or do you like keep the haters away or um it's a few it's a few, i do it for a few reasons i think that um i you know i am somewhat protective of my family and some of my friends um mm-hmm. i just don't not that it would be a big deal if, if people found out but it could you know if it, i wouldn't want it to potentially bring any unwanted attention on them yeah yeah, my mom's still really involved in the church, and my brother's still really involved in his church, and just don't, you know, they're well-meaning people, and it serves a purpose in their lives, and you know, I just yeah. don't disrupt that in any way. Um, but as Christian Nightmares has gone on, I think more, uh, I let these days. I kind of I like the idea of being anonymous, anonymous because um, I like that people can kind of project themselves onto this character. Yeah. And it's not about me that mm. Christian nightmares could be anybody, mm-hmm. um, could be any age, any, you know, just, um, yeah, a blank slate in a way. It's to, relatable content to all generations of Christian folk. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. That's left. I yeah. Yeah. And I just don't think it would be that interesting if it was just about me. I just wanted to, I like the idea of this character that anybody, yeah. like this is the yeah. character of Christian nightmares that, that people can kind of relate to and that doesn't isn't a, you know that they have no no prior information about there's it. no backstory there's no backstory yeah yeah and you can say you make it whatever own. you want without right. any sort of repercussions you're like yeah. that's kind of nice too yeah. yeah and i mean there is <laughs> there is a little bit you know the hate mail stuff and you know that's that's a little scary sometimes yeah i don't know i've had some other people that i know that that posts kind of similar content have had you know some scary incidents and people showing up at their houses and stuff. And Oh my God. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So I mean, well, I no wonder you want to stay anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. So it helps for that reason too. But yeah. I, honestly, I would say most, most of all these days, it's because I want people to be able to kind of 
I want mm-hmm. Christianity to be something that anyone can kind of project onto. Yeah. Right. right. Do like you, that. do you have anything that you're planning for the page in the future? Like, do you feel like you're taking it, you're going to be taking it into a new direction or anything new that you're going to be doing with it? Or are you just going to continue to do what you're doing now? I kind of feel like I have to do something new. Just, um, I mean, I, I love the community that has kind of built up around Christian nightmares. And I, I love just, I like posting this, this stuff. And I like, I especially like when I'm able to kind of hold people accountable, you know, like people that are being real creeps or abusive or you know, politicians. Yeah. Stuff like that. Pastors. Or, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I feel like, yeah, I'd like to grow it a little bit more. I, I've done some music in the past. I came, there was a project called the Christian Nightmares Tribulation Band. Um, oh. It was kind of, um, the name kind of comes from kind of exaggerated kind of uh, names of bands from like the 70s and 80s. Um, yeah. I, uh, I have another, uh, I have a couple ideas for some some projects. Uh, there's one song that I'm going to, be doing soon with that and then there's another larger project uh with the christian nightmares tribulation band that i want to do fairly soon um and then i think i now i'm i've been kind of procrastinating this for years and years but um i want to write more so i think i'm going to try to write some some uh some essays and uh start start uh maybe doing some more articles and things like that i don't think people will be as interested in that but i feel like it's it something might be. I, I need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's, you know, it's fun to, and cathartic in some ways to kind of post this stuff, yeah. but I'm still kind of avoiding taking the deeper dive, mm-hmm. honestly. And I, th- I feel like I kind of need to do that. So um, I'm hoping to, to do that over the next few months. That could That's easily awesome. turn it. That could easily turn into a book. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, I, I want people be... like books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted, I, I mean, I've thought of that. I just, I, I think if I think about that, I'll get too overwhelmed. And just I just write an I, essay, man, <laughs> get it out. <laughs> <laughs> just get it out. Yeah. Oh man. How can people find you in your content? Where, where are you primarily located? Where, where can they get in contact with you or submit? Um, I am on primarily on Instagram at Christian Nightmare, Christian underscore Nightmares. I'm on Twitter. Um, I can't even remember how I spell it, but if you look up Christian Nightmares, it's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as well. Um, I'm on Patreon and YouTube as well. Okay, and you do have a website. There's a website, you have a newsletter, right? Oh, and I have a newsletter. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was was looking at your website. Um, Yeah, I just started that a few few weeks ago. Um, Yeah, it's a Substack newsletter. Um, but yeah, if, if you go, if you, if you visit Christian nightmares on Instagram or Twitter, you can find it. There's a link in the bio to okay. all of that stuff. Awesome. awesome. Do you have, um, any advice that you would give somebody who is kind of at the beginning of their deconstructing? Someone who's found, real fresh. Yeah. And they found this episode <laughs> and they're like listening to it. Do you have anything that you would say to that person? Something that helped you maybe? Um, Start a vlog. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe just uh, dive in and and start looking at it and start talking about it. And I think it it really helps to find a community. And I think now something that I didn't have uh, growing up that 
you know, everybody has now is, you know, the internet and social media. And it's easier than ever to find a community and to find like-minded people. And I think it really helps to, to find people that you can talk about this stuff with. So I would just really encourage that. Well, speaking of communities, guys, we do have a Facebook group. Um, it's Cheers to Leaving Support Group on Facebook. Add yourself. Answer the three questions that we have there. Um, if not, we're not going to admit you because we don't want trolls. But that is um, one of the support groups that you can join. We did start one for our listeners. So that is available for you. I don't know why you haven't added yourself to it yet. You're wasting time. <laughs> I post good content on there and we have good conversations and there's some really cool people who are kind of there to help guide conversations as well. So it is mm-hmm. a beautiful place. Add yourself. I'm going to add myself. Yeah, please do. Awesome. That would be wonderful to have you. Yeah. Yeah. The That'd link be will be in our show notes and the link is also on our bio on Instagram. It's super easy to find this information y'all. <laughs> we have a we have a link tree look us up well thank you so much for being here with us tonight and you know going where the conversation led it got a little dark for a minute but we came back out (laughs) we came back out on top (laughs) i'm gonna be anxiety texting rachel tomorrow oh my god take the part about about the spanking (laughs) out i can't handle the world knowing I'm just going to say no. It's happening. <laughs> it's no. going um, on the pod. Thank you both so much. It was really great talking to you. Thank you yeah, for, of course. for coming on. It was nice All meeting right. you. We'll yeah, see you in the Facebook group. Yeah, yes. I'll be there. See you in the Facebook group. Have right, a wonderful thanks. night. You too. Bye. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Yep, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do, Donkey. <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> oh, that'll shit. do it. Thanks for listening to Cheers to Leaving. Please find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cheers to Leaving. If you would like to send me a DM and give me any sort of ideas for upcoming episodes, I would love to hear from you. If you are interested in coming on the podcast to share your story, I would also love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. It truly means so much to me. And I'll see you next time.